Ooh, fan mail, sweet. Let's see what it has to say. Dear Chasing the Rabbit, I like your show very much. However, sometimes you guys talk about the most graphic things. Is that really necessary? Last episode you talked about serial killers and things going on in Oklahoma. Do we really need that? I love my Cowboys. I want you to talk about football all the time. If you do so, I'll even increase my Patreon. So, how about it? Get the f*** out of here. Now why don't you go outside and chase some rabbits? So it's Chasing the Rabbit. We're looking at episode 9 today as we head into September. You know, the month where real football starts. No more camp, no more preseason. It's real football. So we're under the uh, afternoon sun today here in our cozy little rabbit hole. With me today are my good friends Benjamin and Aaron. Good afternoon, fellas. Oh, good afternoon, good sir. Afternoon. Glad to be here. Dragged my ass out of bed. Appreciate uh, you putting up the... Uh Top of the roof for this one today. Of course. Yeah. Feels good in here, you know, despite the conditions we face outside. Yeah, well, you know, somebody had to jump up and get that AC rolling. Smells just about like every uh, hotel room I've been in the last six weeks. Oh, shit. Did I say a hotel meant Is that a good motel? thing or a yeah, bad I thought thing. you mispronounced the M. <laughs> hmm. Hey man, I, I travel. I travel. That's what it is. Uh, oh, around speaking Dallas. Of, speaking of that, does around it, Dallas. Does it make you sad that they are uh, closing the? Um, son of a bitch! It just left my mind that little roadside motel on Central in Richardson. Como Motel. The Como Motel. Oh, right yes. off the freeway, right off it's, Central. It's it's up for sale. Oh yes, I. The whole it, property. It's iconic for Richardson. It is. Yeah, yeah. You gonna miss that one? <laughs> I've never been there. I always wanted to go, though. Why would you have been there? No. Why would you be at a roadside motel? No, but I've always wanted to go there just because. With a landmark at an for a landmark at a great hourly rate. Yeah. Yeah. If you're paying an hourly rate, don't stay. That's not a place you want to stay. I don't have a clue what they charge there. And it's like it's like we've been walking distance for like Papacitos and uh, what's the the Uh, chicken play or the Papados and Papacitos right next to. And there's another one the 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 chicken the you know the the sports bar type place. What's oh Wizards is right. Wizards. That's right. Yeah, and then they've got that Fish and Tails. Um, Yeah, it's a it's a low budget. It's always the joke of let's get a let's get a room at the Como. Yeah, it's like you know Motel Six and Denny's or Motel Six and Waffle House now. It's it just it's definitely not on the level of uh, what was the place down here where mm. you drove in the anchor had to turn in around. You talking about the anchor? The anchor, anchor's treasure yes. classic. Yes, you had to drive the, in. You could only make the loop and then go back out. That was a little scary. The, the anchor in just reminded me because it's down there on Harry Hines. Yes, it reminded me of the Harry Hines serial killer. Which I did a lot of homework on. Oh, yeah. um, the news report. No, no, I've I've filed that away. That's oh. a cold case. I filed has, away. I solved, archives. done. Done. But you were bringing up the brother and sister, in who, and I was reserving judgment on these until I saw a picture of them. And did you see the picture? I have seen a picture of them, and these are guilty. They're filthy. 
there this is not not a thing that I am endorsing. Do they look like they come from a family of incestual relations? I will say the dude it was no problem getting his pictures because he's guilty and it's everywhere. It was a little problem getting his sister's pictures. Um, Being maybe. the victim. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really only saw one of hers. But also, I, I did a little investigation on this case. And I am not sold that this was consensual sex between this brother and sister. God help us all. Only the brother is saying that. I, this, obviously, the sister's not. She's not here. So who else is proving that oh, this was a so consensual I think he, he may have only just taken her to the place. Consensual. Only, consensual. Beca- only because the police report uh, told us that this is not their first run-in. It's the only other source I would say might be leading to it being consensual. Uh, so True. I have some homework. Um, you're saying that the police have already, prior to this, Aaron? busted them for having sex? Uh, no, but they've had... They've, they've uh, had experience with the family, right. specifically the the brother and the sister. What does history mean? I don't. They were very vague about. They called to the house many times. They were very vague, yes. so they were not surprised that they were having sex. That's what I'm saying. That a lot that's of that, based on their history with this family. Uh, uh, then I'll have to dig a little deeper and do some homework. A lot of that came from what the police uh-huh. told us in the, in the broadcast. Exactly. The, the yeah, I, I feel like I did a little research. I read these reports that you're talking about. A little. And I'm like, hey, man. Just a tiny bit. Where is this proof of this consensual or this prior? And I'm not seeing it. Like you were talking about, I'm seeing a lot of vague uh, assumptions, assertions, whatever you want to call it. Um, alluding to they might where is this concrete proof or anything I, I don't believe it I don't have a problem with you know not knowing that Ben we all know as you said last week you're going to drop the gavel when you see some pictures we both know that's why you dug into the story yeah. and not much else yeah right so and I didn't even that? need his picture I just needed to see her it took a lot of work to find it okay <clears throat> but as soon as I found it I dropped the gavel guilty Guilty as charged. Guilty. I will not be defending these people in court. This is a move that I have waited for the Cowboys to jump on for years. What a moment. It's Trey Lance, everybody. What a great move going and getting Trey Lance for a fourth-round draft pick. Nothing to lose. Not Uh, a thing. It's a plus, 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 plus. I I was curious when this deal went down what y'all thought about it, okay? Because I'm looking at this thing. And with what he's due next year, what, $5 million? Something like $5.5 million guaranteed? Our responsibility is his base salary this year and next year. Yes, but he's due to get a roster bonus. He's getting 9.10 this year and just over 5 next year. The base salary next year is like 5.3. Okay, so, uh, you know, by comparison, we're paying Tony Pollard $10 $10 million. We're we're paying this guy for that's That's a pretty good paycheck in, in the league. For a third-string quarterback, um, when I see this move, what do y'all think the Cowboys' plans are with this guy? His average annual salary will match almost what Cooper Rush has been getting uh, from the Cowboys or is getting now. Cooper Rush has been cut five times, so uh, he will not be your second-string quarterback this year. The hope is he beats out Cooper Rush next year and going forward because he's not his development right now uh, is over. 
His development starts again next spring and mostly next uh, summer and fall, uh, going into preseason. Um, but it's a low risk, uh, high ceiling option. You know, alter, you know, chance you took. You only gave a fourth. You're not taking on a ton of money. Uh, and quite frankly, I mean, he hasn't thrown a lot of passes. Uh, he needs work. And I don't see a problem given that what they feel the NFL felt his upside was, uh, what, two years ago coming out? That it's, it's, it's a good, solid move. Now, I've heard, I've heard people like Josephine Anderson or whatever her name is say this is, a, you know, the Cowboys playing checkers. Like, he's never going to challenge. He's never going to challenge no. your incumbent. He's a developmental. You're hoping you can develop and use him. Uh, but Dak still holds that leverage in next year's negotiations, and that's not changing. That's just my take. I yeah, think what do you think the Cowboys' intentions are? I think that um, obviously he's not a, he's not anywhere near Dak's job. Um, I think that you are right in the his development with the Niners is over, but his development with the Cowboys begins today, and I believe that they have every intention of just basically we put him on our roster. He's going to be the third emergency quarterback. Um, I believe that it's a good option for when we're running scout teams with mobile quarterbacks. He's going to be able to chance to fill that role in practice. And I think that uh, they're going to do whatever they can. Obviously, it's hard to spend that much time with somebody during season you when you're get. focusing on yeah. it's almost impossible. Uh, but in the process of that, he can definitely start learning scheme. He can learn how we're watching film. Uh, he can learn from Dak along the way. Uh, and like Scott said, uh, next offseason, uh, the development is just pedal to the metal with this guy. And hopefully they can even get him set up, you know, Dak get him with his guys, maybe start working out on his own, doing some other things, and just learning because he's got potential, let's put it that way. Don't know how much or how high that ceiling is because we just don't know. The guy just doesn't have a whole lot of tape to watch. I love Trey Lance, and I am fascinated by this deal. We already do not have a fifth and sixth round pick next year. Um, now we're trading a fourth uh, for a team that loves to build through the draft. Like that's how we build our, you know, that's so important to us. So we're going to go those three rounds without a pick. He's guaranteed five point five year two. Cooper Rush is still under contract next year. It's not. It's not a great deal. You know, we could eat it. Uh, it's just fascinating to me that the resources that the Cowboys appear to be committing to this guy when you're going to make a decision on him, like y'all said, based off of how he ends next, not this season, next season, in which, like you said, Scott, Dak's got all the leverage. So I, I'm just trying to see their end game here. Or they've, it seems like they've committed to him to maybe be like a second-string quarterback in two years, but at what price? Well, yeah, so – like Aaron was right, he he's going to be busy running scouts, giving looks. Uh, he's going to be watching a bunch of film. He's going to take those mental reps as Cooper Rush will, and he's fighting that battle right there. This right now just represents a step up from Will Greer. Uh, going forward, you hope it represents a step up from Cooper Rush, and that you know that battle. He'll his meaningful reps, his real development starts. As soon as he plays, there's only one because he's doing the same thing he did in San Francisco when he's healthy. He's going to be watching film, taking mental reps, and doing that. Getting on the field is the most important part of his development. Uh, 
That'll but I mean, he's he, yeah, he's coming from probably the best play caller in the NFL. If you don't believe it's Andy Reid, it's it's, it's Shanahan. Uh, so I mean, you're going to another veteran play caller, uh, who uh, whose offensive personnel is set. He comes from a very strong offensive personnel group, and this will be. I'll be interesting. I love that Dallas is uh, taking that gamble. On I do one. too. Uh, the the OC had a had a what a Russell Wilson up in Seattle. You know, I'm not sure. saying that Lance is Russell Wilson, but uh, he's he's 23. He's younger than Schumacher. He's 23. I think. Yes. Yeah. You know, and he's already got two years under his belt of just being in an NFL franchise. And he was a guy that when he came in, they said, "Hey, this guy's raw." He, like you said, he's th- he's done nothing at college. He's thrown how many passes at college? Like 300 passes at, at the college level. So his his college and NFL throw count is less than an average quarterback would throw in a season. Yeah. But you're not. I mean. He's got problems. His arm strength is great, but he's got developmental uh, steps to take. Uh, you Reading, go with the physical talent. He's 6'4", 225. He runs like a deer. Now you need to start putting things together. That's uh-huh. the hope, and I, yeah. I take a gamble on that. I know that you, Aaron, were a fan of Jalen Hurts when he was drafted. Um, I was a fan of Jalen Hurts. I was kind of hoping the Cowboys would get a shot at drafting him. And I'm looking at what he's doing in Philly. And when he came out, the knock on him was his arm, his decision-making. Everybody knew he could run. Um, You know, we knew Trey Lance was going to take time. I'm so interested to see what this dude does next year when he has the whole offs, you know, has all that, what he can be. But I'm also curious this year, um, just in some run packages, you know, some goal lines, some just throw misdirection, like how they use Jalen Hurts. I don't think we'll see – excuse me, I don't think we'll see – I thought about that, but I don't think we'll see that because he's going to be our third emergency quarterback, and we can't eight, use week him. Week ten, we can't use. Well, you have to inactivate someone else. Yes, you'd have I to leave you. somebody else you. inactive for him to be able to run one play. Um, I don't think we're really going to see anything from him on the field at all unless emergency situation arises. If gotcha. we lose Dak and Cooper becomes the number one, obviously Trey's your number two now. But we're all hoping that nothing like that ever happens. I honestly think that there's a strong possibility that he's pretty much a stash this year. We all agree to that. Yeah. And Makes his sense. real development starts in the offseason next year and the preseason games uh, to see if he's starting to learn. And hopefully he becomes our number two next year. Again, that doesn't mean he's going to be – because truthfully, we have to say whether we want to pick up that fifth year in April next year. We're not going to pick up $15 million on a guy we really don't even know yet. As of today. <clears throat> right. And he told Shanahan, I before they traded him, when they told him they were probably going to trade him, he told him, he's like, I want to go somewhere where I can compete to be quarterback number two. He didn't ask to go to a place where he could compete to be mm-hmm. the starter. And I don't think he br- got the chance to compete for that in San Francisco. No. Uh, a good didn't. reporter out of San Francisco uh, that covers that Jack Hammer was saying all training camp that this guy was the number two quarterback. It was a big competition throughout this offseason between Darnold and Trey Lance. That competition making news throughout the offseason. And it was a tough one between the two. Darnold had a, made a lot of good plays. And I felt personally that Trey Lance made a lot of improvement of himself. And I thought that Trey Lance should have been the backup. And that it was strictly a uh, kind of non-football thing that demoted him to three it wasn't that Sam Darnold had outplayed him so let's say let's say in some scenario that Dallas is in a position in weeks uh, 17 or 18 or both 
where probably just 18 where they don't have anything to play for whereas uh, they're the one seed or they have nothing to gain as a 30 seed whatever um, and you're starting. You have nothing to gain by playing Cooper Rush in that game. No. No, it would be a great so, chance to throw him in. Right. So you do – I'm going to take a step back from what I said earlier. You do have a chance to ingratiate this guy, uh-huh. uh, get him up to speed, and let him play as much or even give him those runs with the ones or whoever he's playing with that week going into the offseason. It gives you something. Well, and even uh, if – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was going to say if it, if it happens like you're talking about, and they see positive things, they can walk away from Cooper Rush right? in the offseason before they go into the – go ahead. I, no, I agree. I, I was just going to say, and plus, uh, and this trade was partially that, not mostly that, but partially that, and, a, and an opportunity like that gets us doing what? Talking about the Cowboys. What do they oh, love yeah. more than that? So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's just PR. another thought. Yes. Great PR. You know, I mean, like you said, we're all talking about it, talking the football world for a little bit there. I really think that we have a chance of keeping him around here for more than just this year and next year. Even if we – because I was thinking about this last night. Dak's 30. They're going to redo his contract because they're not going to go into next season paying him – having a cap hit of $59 million. Did you know that he's already got a cap hit in 2025 of $36 million? I had no idea. That's why we'll never see it. Wow. You'll never see it. That's crazy. But anyway, they're going to redo him. They're going to give him a new con- an extension, da-da-da-da-da. If we even picked up that fifth-year option on trade, that's three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I, I posed the question. who knows what we're going to be looking like in three years. Is it, does it turn out that Dak is like Alex Smith and great but can't get you there? And in three years, you decide, well, we got this. I mean, look what we just got. I mean, it could be something that pops his head up like that. I think there's a chance he sticks around as our backup until it's time for until he shows enough promise that we get great return on him in in a trade, or he ends up sliding right into the starting spot. It, it behooves them to keep him under uh, under control for as mm-hmm. long as they can. Mm-hmm. Or return in one way, one fashion or the other. Not yes. that trades are you know a common thing in the NFL, but uh, let's say I mean, like you said, what happens in three years? A lot of days, a lot of football in between. Who knows uh, what goes on with Dak? Uh, what happens? He, he can't be tagged, right? So nope. uh, can't be traded, gonna, right? So at some point, uh, the bill comes due. No matter how much you push out his contract or come with a new contract, and Trey Lance, if he develops, might be your way out. Well, like you said, the control is the primary. I mean, it's such value to have control over a player. Um, And uh, and that's why I'm fascinated that they spent a fourth-round pick. They're going to eat, pay $5 million next year to see what they got and give them these two years to see what they got. And if they're correct in their assessment and he has the goods, what kind of investment is it going to take to retain control of him, you know, when you're already investing so much in the DAC, I'm fascinated by this. I, I, I can't wait to see it develop. Is, is, I know you, you've been watching Will Greer out the side of your eye. Is there anybody else tonight? we got a game, man, that y'all are looking forward to uh, checking out. Aaron? Some bubble. I mean, we got some, so, you know. Yes. I have one person. Everybody else is really nondescript. Actually, that's not true. There is one thing I do like to see on defense. But, I mean, really, how much are you going to be able to tell tonight as far as the fill-in for for Demarion? 
We're all going to miss them. Oh. You know. I, I'm curious to see that. You yeah, know what they're putting there? What are there? you going to really see tonight? Okay. I, I mean, they're putting... That would, that would tell you True. we have some... Because they're going to be going up against scrubs. It's... But I would like to see how they're going to attempt to fill that need tonight. Marquise that Bell. Be, Marquise Bell, Devin Harper... I mean, I don't know if the linebackers we have can fill his role, but no, Marquise they are. They already said Marquise Bell. They're, they're, no, he's going to be the guy. They, yeah, they're shifting that safety down. They can talk Marquise Bell all they want, but you're taking a 30 pound loss uh-huh. on this guy. Uh, you use him sparingly there. He's 200. He's 205 soaking wet. Yeah, but he has. He's four four. He's a four four guy, and he yeah. can rangey. Uh, you got to be careful with that. But I think in spots, uh, I think it's the weakest position group on the on the club. Uh, as a unit, and I don't know that you're. I mean, it's not a great unit. It's not a very good. Run. It's okay. What? The linebacker core. If oh. you're not including, if you're not including Micah, if you're taking, I don't know where yeah. you want to put Micah, but if you're not including, if you're Micah, just taking Leighton. Yeah, yeah when you take Micah and Overshawn out of that mix, <laughs> it thins it out. It's real just quick. not a great unit. Your second level, but that's you know, it's like running back, I guess. But I, I don't know that one of your key guys is even mm-hmm. on the roster today. But it, like you said, that linebacker position—if you had to rank the positions on defense, what priority would you give that position in today's NFL? It might be your lowest priority. It would be lowest until you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are y'all looking? Uh, what else are you looking for tonight, Benny Boy? Well, I don't know that I'm looking for it tonight, but I just want to throw a little, uh, res- put a little respect on his name. Apparently, I mean, you can go by stats. You can make him sing and dance and do whatever you want. But Kelvin Joseph, third-rated corner on our roster, uh, a forgotten guy. I know I was talking to Scott a little bit about I, – I, he talks about me dreaming, and I am a Kool-Aid drinker, okay? You are. But this guy was an elite-level talent that was drafted by a blue-chip national championship contending LSU team. He then went to Kentucky, another SEC team, SEC, what, the best conference in football since the most players to the pros. And at that time, Kentucky was actually uh, having a, having their hands on a little bit of blue chip talent. Not a lot, but they were sending two or three or four of their defensive players to the pros every year. And so he goes to that program, gets drafted by us in the second round, where I'm not saying he's Tavon Diggs level, but... He was Tavon was drafted in the second round, so our our Will McClay and the guys viewed him as a level talent. He's not produced, not performed, but that level talent. If the light bulb comes on, let me dream. If that light bulb came on and he actually achieved what they thought when they drafted him, and we had Diggs on the other corner, come on, man, come on. But I'll I'll kill the Jets. No, he's probably you could say he might be your best corner in the preseason. Uh, I think Aaron, I don't mean to speak for you, but Aaron's going to probably come with, well, we need to see something uh, sub- substantive, right? Uh, I, I would say he was drafted to be your field corner, putting putting uh, digs on the boundary. It didn't work out. If he can do this, if he could sustain this going forward starting in New York, uh, possibly as a third or fourth corner, maybe your fourth corner, he's going to be working towards that hopefully and your special teams guy. Uh, then that's a guy that could. I mean, he could be a backup, you know, backup boundary or backup field corner for uh, behind what we what we have in uh, Gilmore. If he could put his mental brain together with his physical attributes, uh, that's an amazing combination. Because physically, dude, the dude is he's stout, he's fast, he's got long arms. He can, you know, he's got everything you want in the corner. He just needs to put his mind right and get the mental part of it down. And, hey, you know, hopefully he does progress, but I think this is it. 
Yeah, so we're talking about corn, as I would say, for me, Eric Scott needs to uh -huh. show a little bit. Yeah. That's a guy who's on my bubble. We gave up, you know, I was talking about we don't have these picks in next year's draft. We gave up a fifth next year to get a sixth this year to draft this guy. What is he, like 24, 25 years old? Um, so it seems like there was a belief in this guy, but he's on my bubble right now. I'd yeah. like to see him get an injury that kind of keeps him on the side, you know, IR, whatever, for the year. We get control of him. As far as way we're getting towards the final cut, some guys that I would probably want to point to in terms of needing to have a, uh, a good final game. Uh, one is, uh, you, you're talking about the receiving room. You're talking about Jalen Brooks. I think he's in a fight with guys like Dennis Houston. And I'll tell you, a guy that came looked pretty decent last week for that final uh -huh. spot is, is Dontario Drummond. Uh -huh. uh, you know, just around at your receiver room. They lost, uh, I think they lost uh, Dave, Durbin. Dave Durbin to an ACL in practice this week. Uh, that's the third ACL we see this week. Uh, All three rookies, too. Yes. Interesting. And, and then finally, you know, I think, that, you know, the tight ends they're going to keep. Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, when you're talking about McEwen, I think they really like him because they're familiarity and he plays on, on a lot of special teams units. That brings in our final guy. For me, Tyler Lipke. I think you expose, or you you know, they expose someone like Lipke, or I'm sorry, Hunter. McEwen. Uh, that's probably not the way to go. It's not smart given his utility. Uh, Lipke might be something they think they could slip through, and, and they do they do like him. Remember, we talked about him getting grouped in with the tight ends. You know, in terms of you know uh, maintaining him, maintaining control. Do don't don't we get to name our practice squad and protect them too? You have to, or do you, you have, have to, to cut wait? them. You have to expose them first. So you have to wait till waivers and then put your practice squad together. It's, I think, a 24-hour period. Yes, then I would agree with you 100%. I do believe that Hunter Lipke is going to see the street. And I'm, sorry, I'm a huge man. Lipke I fan. I was I pulling for him. No, he has not earned his way onto the team. He's um, had a good, solid camp, he's but he a guy hasn't that, had a special camp. Yeah. Enough I, to move McEwen And we're so way. deep. Uh, he's a dude that I'd like to cut if, the, if he gets – he should make it back to my team, and I just put him in the system for a year and figure out how I'm going to use this guy, or if I'm going to use him at all. But no, he's not deserved to make the team. That that six, I think we got five receivers locked up that you were talking about, and I'm curious if we even keep a six receiver. Yes, I don't know. I think that that six position can come down to Brooks and Fahelko. Yep. Um, like he did, Drummond had a great game last week, and he looked good doing it. It wasn't just some – like he was – it was solid. It was a solid outing for him. He looked great. He looked like a real NFL receiver. Granted, he was going up against backups, but still, he looked good. You talked you about know? tough cuts and decisions are going to have to be made yes. on the final week. So that These injuries, though, the three injuries we've had has definitely changed the outlook because <laughs> – there's that part of you when John Stevens got hurt that was like, damn, but yes. You know, because this way we're Best definitely thing. able to keep him mm -hmm. without having to cut McEwen to do it. You know, so now we get to have our cake and eat it too. We just have to wait a year to, to eat it. Right. I think, and two other guys, I think you were right. Uh, Bass is a guy that's probably not going to be exposed. They want to keep him. When, they were gonna, when were we going to get here? The question then becomes, do you want him to be uh, your reserve interior offensive line once you get to the season? I would say, okay, fine. But then you're also talking about our other guy, uh, Brooks Hoffman. Uh, keeping two might be difficult. He had a terrible game last week. Right. So He didn't look good. And let me just talk about T.J. Bass for a second. Two games now, 
one offensive lineman with zero quarterback pressures, and that would be T.J. Bass. He's been really good. And uh, I would love to see him start tonight. I think, yeah. I would love to see him start, and let's see what you get from the jump against the the highest backups that you're fixing to face versus the back end of the roster at the end of games. And let's see if you're that solid against these guys. Then I'm definitely keeping you. I'm definitely protecting you. I'm not putting you on the street. Yeah, I, I think you should just force feed snaps to both of them, actually. Uh-huh. Something else you asked about the other day, you asked about uh, a Sim Richards on our last show where I saw him. I think that we thought they were playing, uh, doubling him up, but yep. he played a lot of time at, at guard the other night, contrary yep. to what I said. So uh, in either case, uh, I don't. I don't know how he projects going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line, we see offensive line and linebacker, and Ben is right. Linebacker is one of those. If you're going to be weak somewhere, oh, you know, it's your, it's one of your least impact positions. But I would say those two groups, if you're looking to make a, you know, a small type of trade yep. to round out your roster, which you like to talk about, those are two areas that you might uh, tackle. I think we definitely well, got some players that we could definitely trade for a player. Or keep her or on the wire. You know, take, you know. take it for what it's worth, but Brian Broaddus, who sometimes claims to have connections at the ranch, um, is saying that he expects the Cowboys to make a big, big move, trade, right. big trade move to bring in a lineman, offensive lineman. Yeah, I agree. So we talk about candidates. I'm he didn't say free agent. He said, you know what I mean, like yeah. one of these guys is still on the street. He said a big trade. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I think of it, I think I think tackle, same, uh, and I, I would think linebacker. You could get one of those off, you know, just look, keeping your eye on the wire and upgrading there. But you can also do do some sort of deal. Aaron, you were going to say, are we going to trade for a guard or a tackle? You're saying you think we trade for a tackle? I think the math tells me it's a tackle, uh, only because your guard room. I mean, it's you got it Zach, looks better than it did. You got Zach and 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 Tyler. To start, that's a pretty good spot. But then your health of your tackles and the age of one of them, uh, you might want to have another option there just in case. Especially with uh, what Chuma Chuma Odoga. Yeah, with him going down, right? Uncertainty there. Think he might make the roster. I have not heard anything uh, on him. So not I don't know. nothing yeah. like crickets. I think, like you said, a guy like Bass could, you know. Push him off. You could have had money. him penciled in. Is like I'll move him to the practice squad. I mean, squad we call it a lot of money, but it's definitely a, a you know. Uh-huh. But it, but you got to be able to rely on these dudes. I you think know? I think T.J. Bass is is. Uh, I'm I, with you. Maybe I'm just drinking my T.J. Bass Kool Aid because I have been since we picked him up off the street. I think the reality but in this league. I think he's got a chance in the future to be one of our starting guards. Oh, without a doubt. He's that I think he's that good. I think the ceiling for him as an interior lineman starting is good. I think they have him pegged for for a developmental candidate, sure. He 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 seems to have had a career when you come in as an undrafted guy and you go into the final weekend of preseason, I view him as a no risk cut. You're not cutting him. Yeah. Don't know about Hoffman, yeah. but I would say Bass is performing well enough. Comfy. Right. I mean, you, you think about it. I mean, Tyron retires, Tyler moves out, and you have Bass to just fill in your left guard right away, and then you just got to worry about Zach's backup. He well, that's the future of Zach, the future at right guard. That, to me, is the interesting thing about what Broaddus was talking about. Just, I do like the dream, Scotty, okay? Um, so I'm like, huh, a, a trade for So I start combing these other teams, looking at their offensive linemen, and then I'm like, well, what do I got starting? And I'm like, it seems like this trade is designed for the inevitable 
uh, injury. Uh, Contingencies. I mean, one guy. Yes. It's like contingency for one guy. You're starting a left tackle right now, you know. And as soon as this guy gets injured, you know, so that's why I'm like, maybe they bring in a tackle. Um, maybe they bring in a guard because they just move Tyler out to left tackle when that go- when that, all that goes down. And then I'm like, well, if it's just the lineup that I have right now, what big move could you make to improve what I got right now? And then I'm starting to look at centers. Because he's in the final year of his deal, is he not, Biotish? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's going to cost yeah. because he's turned himself to a player. He's a he's a he's a good. Oh, he's if you just money. wanted to improve what we have right now, the five our five best, I think you would improve the center position. I think he's the weakest link of the starting five. Yeah, and he's not necessarily a weak. But if link, it's for if Tyron gets hurt or something, <clears throat> then now maybe I'm looking at a tackle or and I make him my swing tackle from the get go. Yeah, but I mean, a or I'm looking at a guard and, and I'm moving. When Broadus says. Big trade uh, that you makes you think you know. something big. I understand what you're saying, Ben. We may also draft a center, you know, for that. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't know, but that's interesting thought. We may develop what we got right here. Right. We may have Brock Hoffman. I mean, yes. And I would say the final position group, if you wanted to just take an outside look at it and say maybe uh, this doesn't constitute necessarily a big trade because I don't see a Jonathan Taylor deal coming down for Dallas, but. Just think about it in these terms. Uh, Tony Pollard in college or in the NFL has never carried more than an average of 12 times. Uh, and, and, of course, Deuce is not going to be a volume getter. Uh, so you're either looking at Dowdle, which we think he's going to be your three or two, whichever way you believe. Yes. Or you're going to go out and get something. Streets were a deal. Uh, probably not a, you know, a big trade, but something that you can say, if we want to run the ball and we want to run the ball, not more necessarily, but if we want to be situationally sound to run the ball, you know, that might be a place you look at. It's possible. I do think that they're very happy with Dowdle uh, as a backup. And I, like you, I don't think, after Tony Pollard, I don't think it's, I mean, your depth chart may say running back two, running back three, I don't necessarily think it's going to actually matter come day, day game day. Uh, I think that they will use the two of them, Dowdle and Vaughn. I don't think Davis makes this roster. I think that he'll get cut and maybe make it to the practice squad. Maybe not. But I think his time's come. But I think if Pollard were to get hurt, I think it would. they would just – I don't think it's just going to be a strictly one guy – being the guy that comes in when Pollard goes off the field. I think it's going to be a mix of both of them. I don't mention that as a likelihood because I, I tend to agree that it's not a, like I said, a not a likely thing, just an outside possibility. But I certainly didn't see Trey Lance coming to Dallas either. So. I know. I, I'm with you on this one, Scotty. Is when we started this venture, we had all, this, all these puzzle pieces, maybe this guy. Okay, now things are starting to settle in, the concrete settling, okay? And as it settles, uh, I'm comfortable with some spots. And when I look at running back, I am with you. That is standing out to me as something that may need to be addressed, even more so than the offensive line and linebacker, given that you said Tony Pollard, not a high carry guy. Uh, We've liked to keep him around 13 to 15 touches. Deuce Vaughn, knock on him, very small guy. My little nephew went out to practice this week at the Star, and he saw him firsthand, says the dude's 5'4". Five five tops, okay. Um, so this is a frail guy, and so, next you're talking about Rico. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, 
I'm going to feel way more comfortable with something better than what we got with Rico. Uh, and with what they just did with Trey Lance and what they're doing with some of these other position groups, they seem serious this year. Yeah, so I'm reading the tea leaves, and I think they're going for somebody out there, man. Week three, you already got Rojo on the roster. At uh, a very but cheap what, but price. who is he? He's whoever you're going to be able to go get. The good news about Maybe. the good news about running back these these pieces are you know they're they're low demand and easily atta- more easily, easily attainable. So well, you can there's go get more them. of them, right? And there's more of them. So uh, the Chiefs, uh, other teams have shown us the way. Yeah, the uh, kid they what did Pacheco they, yeah. out of nowhere, the Eric Prince this year. So yeah, I mean it's. As a as a well, I would say you're a typical uh, football fan. I, I was going to say garden variety fan. You need a run game. It just seems the NFL scene is going another way. It's your your second or third in a committee is probably your lowest ranked. Like we were talking right. about with the linebackers, that's probably your lowest ranked priority on the offensive side of the ball. Those guys you can get the Rojos. We got right. them. What's out there might be like Rojo, but I'm just saying reading the tea leaves of what they've been doing and how serious their approach seems to be and advantageous, like with Trey Lance or something like that. I, 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 they're going to look hard at who's out there and who's cut, I believe. Oh, I agree. I mean, I thought you, you guys might be a little more uh, passionate about this point. I'm just looking through running back depth. I charts. don't know who you're going to go get. No, I don't know, but there might be a third runner. I'm just looking like, uh, you know, maybe an Isaiah Spiller, you know, or something like that. Just things like that mm-hmm. that guys aren't going to get a good run that aren't going to cost you a lot. So, in the running back room, what would you guys say that we don't have that we need? I would say, uh, if you want to say ground and, you know, a, a stiff guy that can actually absorb carries in the event, Pollard goes down. Uh, otherwise, you believe it's Dowdle. Uh or Ronald Jones, if they if they're going to have plans for Ronald Jones, fine. Uh, I'm just that's why I mentioned it as an outside possibility because, yeah. like you said, it's not really uh, your top of at the top of your needs list. I think that's a great question you just asked because here I was campaigning for to improve over Rico, and you just straight said, "What do you want?" And I had to hesitate because I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess someone like Rico, but maybe more proven or established, you know. But really. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to well, answer that question. Why can't Dowdle be your guy from yeah. Kansas City this year? Yeah, no, you know, I he's don't. had two injury-filled years that have kept him from fulfilling whatever potential he has, and now he's not. Now he's not injured. Now but he's I don't healthy. think he's ever flashed the talent that some of these backs from Kansas City that Scott was bringing up. They have, may be perfectly done. comfortable with Rico. That might be fun, yeah. and then they may be. Uh, it's not something we totally trust. I don't know. The key thing here is if you trust the the volume that you can give to Pollard. If it wasn't, if there was no doubt there or no concern about his what is he going to be like now? I think he's fully recovered, but you don't, you hadn't seen him, so uh, I just think it's natural to have these questions. Sure, I sure. do feel like you said if Pollard gets injured, I I think I'm going to put Deuce in that role, maybe twelve to fifteen carries, and then who's taking that other Rico's taking that other role, I guess. Or he's maintaining it. So I want to shift the discussion back to the defensive side of the ball. And let's talk about the defensive line. Because there's a few names in here who are interesting to me that are not going to be on this roster. Uh, Who do you got? Neville Gallimore, for one, because he's had a really good camp. Uh, Quentin Bohanna, just because he's another big guy. But, yeah, you're not going to keep three nose guys. You know, but... These are, I mean, Golston. Haven't heard his name mentioned in camp not once. I haven't found anything written on him. 
Does that mean he's having a good camp? Does that mean he's having a quiet camp? Have yeah. you taken a step up? Are you, cha- are you are you making them say, well, am I going to keep Ghost or am I going to keep Gat? I mean, uh, what's going on with the, that group of guys? Because we, we know who's in. Fajoko's in. Well, I don't think there's a chance he doesn't make the roster. I think Goldston's in that camp, too, basically on his uh, versatility. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a lot of work that we've seen in games, and it might be because, say, we want to get a look at these other guys. Uh, guys that are more fringy, you know, guys that need the snaps to show. Um, that's one possibility. I'm not uh, arguing your point there, but I would say uh, certainly Bohanna, right? Right. Um, he seems to like a logical choice not to make this roster. He's not on my roster. Yeah, but what about Gallimore? Gallimore's actually on my roster. I, so I, who's not on your roster I, in that group then? I like Hankins, Usi, Mozzie, yeah, for sure. That's your, those three for are sure. locked down. I like Gallimore and Fajoko, and I'm looking at Golston. Might be right on Goldston. I think that's thing, one of those things that saves Goldston is the fact they like to hang on to, to draft picks, particularly third rounders. That might save them. Uh, might right. Uh, and I think you're right. Gallimore's got a got a show because well, he's, he's got a show. Right. Well, I mean, you just said the the draft pedigree might save. No, I do. That applies for both of them. I think uh-huh. I would lean towards that. But if I'm those guys, I mean that in in these terms. If I'm those guys, uh, I, I need to put my best foot yeah. forward and, and show. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I would say there's a good ch- I don't know what kind of numbers game you run into yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, what are you keeping, six? Well, that's what, yeah, we've been talking about all these positions you got, and stuff. You, you're, you're, you're running Armstrong and Lawrence on the inside, too. I think that prior to the, the weeks coming up to here, we had talked about, you know, Hunter Lipke possibilities and stuff like that. Uh, I think we narrowed down. We're, we're not keeping four running backs. No, we're not. Right. We're not so. keeping four tight ends now. John Stevens hurt. Oh yeah, we are. McEwen. I think McEwen's your fourth. Yeah. Okay, McEwen's your fourth. Okay. Well, uh, and then you got the question about: Are you keeping a six receiver? I think so. Or six is probably Brooks. Maybe practice squad him. Brooks or Fajoko. I'm just saying it could come down to like a Golston right versus Jalen at receiver. Uh, you know, and maybe I'll see if Jalen can make my practice squad. That might be your opportunity for a trade somewhere, a lower pick. Like you said the other day, uh, Golston might fetch you a pick later in the draft. Or, thinking about this in terms of practicality, if you wanted to move off one of your – I say this after the Sam Williams incident, but if you wanted to possibly move on for somebody who might be considered an asset around the league, Dorrance Armstrong, for example, yeah, and attain an asset. Left on that right, deal. so – that's something, and not a terribly high. I know he gets some he money. He could fetch you a nice. I think he could fetch I you a pretty draft good pick. Pack, draft right. pick, but I do think that that does weaken. I think us. it's more valuable to keep it's than more to, valuable to, to trade. Keep, in my opinion, sure. just with what we're trying to yeah. build. You, you just think about well, this. and you don't know if the NFL is going to say something about Sam. So, so Sam's uh, legal they process would. has to play out. Uh-huh. It's probably not going to be during this season. True enough. And I think the st- what we see is usually going to be like a two on. His, it depends on what he's what he's got in his pre-draft. If they if they've gotten him for something, yeah. If he's got any already dings, right? But if if we're probably a two game, which ain't nothing. Yeah, nothing. Uh, and twenty four is what I would think. You heard Jerry's sure. comments, right? About him uh, uh, improving. Yeah. Yeah. Down. That, as okay. soon as I heard that, A, I laughed. It's funny. And then B, I said, ah, shit, man, this guy's getting two games. Team owner Jerry Jones on Wednesday seemed to joke that the alleged speed this time around was slower. So that's improvement. 
That's perspective. We've been to 33 before you know it. We'll get it down. We'll keep working. We'll get it down. He's going to get two games. You know Goodell don't like that. Just because, yes. just because of Jerry. Yes, <laughs> especially after Ruggs. Remember Henry Ruggs, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, people died, you know. So, I mean, it's not really funny I, to be using like, a vehicle I like McCarthy's that response. fast, man. But this is where you sort of, you guys kind of drift apart. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, Aaron is more or less, he will start shaking his head at certain guys that they prove to be knuckleheads. I think you have guys you love. If I'm way off on this, and I think Sam is kind of, you have to start kind of raising an eyebrow at him. What the hell are you doing? Not to cut him, but like, what the hell are you thinking, man? I respond to Sam Williams' uh, situation just like McCarthy responded, and I love that our head coach said this. He knows what he needs to do. You know what I mean, so yeah, we, we, we can all be better. I, I believe in Sam Williams. Um, Obviously, did when we draft him, and even more so now. So I've seen him grow in so many different ways. Uh, he needs to slow down, and he knows that. Well, Sam, slow down. He didn't say, Sam, don't have a THC cartridge and a gun right. in your car. He said, slow down. Yeah. Meaning, if you slow down, you're not going to get caught. And you get home, and no problems. You get to still hit your vape. You get to carry your gun. Don't speed. What I found most interesting about it. this story was uh, the marijuana, THC, whatever you want to call it, okay? That was a, a, a low-level felony. Mm. The driving 66, and even when he was driving at 100 miles an hour in a, in a, a vehicle that a can... Ticket. Henry Ruggs, it's a misdemeanor. The, the carrying a gun, which again can That's kill... The, the two things that can kill people yes. and have killed people, those are misdemeanors. The one thing that has never killed a person... Right. Not even Willie Nelson has died from it. Right. Yeah, Sam has. They, he had these flags at Ole Miss. They knew about this coming. You know, not about this per se, but he has some issues. He definitely that we has a heavy for. foot. Right. Uh, he has had other issues at Ole Miss. They, you know, they kind of figured, oh, the risk is worth it. Uh, so far, because he looked. I mean, the Seattle game. Uh, he sh- he flashed big uh-huh, again. Big so. time. Well, we might talk about it later. The Johnny Football. Um, oh Lord. And 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 in the Johnny Football. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was like, yeah, you know what? We just kind of let him do his let thing because that's, that's what kind of gave him his edge. Uh, my defensive ends that are rushing the quarterback, if you got a little crazy in you or a little wild ass in you, a little aggressiveness, I'm, I'm not curtailing it. I'm going to be Jerry Jones like, hey, he's driving 66 now. I mean, that's funny. You would do that for a quarterback, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's certain positions I wouldn't do it with, but a defensive end, I'm like, ah. If you're going to carry your vape in your gun, don't. Be going 30, 40 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, just don't just get suspended smart. for games. Just be smart. Stop being stupid. I mean, that's that, that right now seems to be your uh, your top candidate for a nickel rush guy. I mean, he, he seems to have that, oh, that in his bag. I think he, his goal of getting 10 sacks this year is easily attainable for him. He's going to get to the quarterback. Uh-huh. I, I'm looking for a big, big, big step from him uh-huh. this year. What, who do y'all got? Who are y'all keeping at defensive end? Just real quick, while we're just discussed on the line, you know, obviously Sam Williams, you said, so, and Dorrance. So if you don't make a trade right now, it's Demarcus, it's Dorrance. Your third would probably be Sam. Then you're looking at what uh, Fowler, Dante Fowler, uh, and then we're filling in, you know, with with utility guys. And after Micah. That. Yeah, Micah. I, I I 
Micah makes you five deep right there. He's a number of things. You can say defensive end if you want. You you can say tackle. You can say linebacker. You can say I mean, I like those four. I like those four guys you named off, and so I was just I was throwing Micah in, just like okay, we got five guys we can count on to play there. Count them. Count them in the linebacker too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, those names, I mean, I don't – No one outside Fowler, of that makes it – After Fowler, I don't necessarily think there is anybody. I think So we could keep versa- six defensive tackles. The versatility with Bahoko and Golston allows you to flip-flop between end uh-huh. and tackle with those guys depending on your yeah. your play situation. Yeah, Dan Quinn's going to – you're typically on second along your obvious passing downs. He's going to ditch all the uh-huh. interior defensive linemen. He's going to put five <laughs> five edge guys on the field yep. inside. That includes Golston and maybe Fohoku. And then Micah comes from parts unknown, wherever he comes from. Yeah, you can really keep four DTs, four defensive ends, Fohoku and Golston, five and, you know what I mean? And Micah that you could move in, but just put him on the 53 at linebacker. And, and Aaron, I was just going to say, that's the saddest thing to me about losing DeMarvion is because he is a he is a cheap, cheap version of that guy that is, it evades blockers, blitzes well, knows how to get small in those holes, and, and gets home. He's I'm going to miss that. I will say, the for me, I'm going to throw a name out there in the middle that we didn't talk about uh, when it pertains to the linebacking crew. And filling the Overshawn, Isaiah boy, Land, Isaiah Land. Yeah, he all and he's this done is, guy yeah. can play linebacker and defensive end. You talk about a cheap budget version of Micah Parsons. You know he could be a version of such. I'm not saying anything no. like Micah, but he he can do some multiple things. Now he's not there yet, but I think that. It's very possible he makes this roster, and that's a tool. I mean, there's another guy that he can just send balls out to the yeah. to the quarterback. I think without a doubt this dude makes the roster. Yeah. His pursuit and speed. I think that Overshawn getting hurt helped him exactly. make this roster. Because exactly. I don't think he was going to make this roster. Uh-huh. I, I don't know where you put him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how Cox and what we're going to do with him and stuff. So Who? Jabril. Jabril Cox. Oh. They've been playing. I thought it was between those. They've been playing. I think he makes it. Land has been used primarily as a as an off end at this point, but I would agree. Given his build, I think he's a developmental candidate for to be an off ball. Uh, no one plays strong side linebacker anymore, so he's either going to be weak and a flex, or he's going to be somebody you bring off. Yeah. What did you, did you see anything on Cox? You know. Uh, that did anything for you? I mean, I feel like he's on the team. He's he's made the team. It's one of those, yeah. It's one of those draft picks. They feel that has upside, and special teams is where he's, you know, he seems to be where he's going to have to find a home. I, I think I keep him. I loved him his rookie year, right. the way that I loved Clark last year. He's rangy. Yeah, I was like, oh, we got us a dude, and then something happened, and I just hadn't seen it. You know, I mean, obviously he's been injured. To me, yeah. To me, it was another LSU guy. You know, it was. Uh, Clark, yeah. Clark, who basically had spinal fusion, okay? Yeah. And, of course, Cox was coming off knee surgery before, and, and – sorry, we'll cut all this out. Uh, but I was going to say, Damone Clark actually uh, ramped up and out-recovered him, got, got – you know, Jabril Cox should have had the head start, and here comes this guy who has this, this procedure in the offseason – and actually beats out, you know, Jabril Cox is already on your roster. I think that's sort of nothing against Jabril as much as more, hey, this this kid, uh, 
Simone and Clark, you know, we, we've got to give them a look. Yeah, I spoke more to Clark. Right. And and people said before the spinal, what he was, what, rated like a second-round talent or something? I mean, the dude's remember, got blue-chip right. talent. Right. It's just the injuries why he fell so LSU, far. It was a tackle machine was on the field. And he showed it at the pros last right. year. So what he needed to get better at is recognition and not getting lost in you know in, in coverage. That's that's really what we need to see him step up on. He's the definite diamond that we found. We took that chance on him yeah. and got his neck fixed, and he turned out to be exactly yeah. what we wanted him to be, and maybe more. I think their hope is his best football is in front of him. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and of course, as you transition out of Leighton at some point, you don't know when that is. Uh, I mean, I honestly thought Overshone, uh, no one going to know, had a chance to unseat Leighton at some point, maybe later this year, and no later, no, late, latest next year, but that'll be put on hold. Yeah, Just my plan is for Leighton to be off the roster. Not, 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 I like Leighton. Right. But with what he's commanding salary-wise and all that, my plan was to have him off the roster and have Clark and Overshawn that, you know, is my linebackers. Yeah, but, I mean, I see, I had different visions than you guys. Yeah. I had Overshawn, my next Jerron Curse. Yeah. And I still got Damone and Layton or hoping that uh, Harper or yeah. Cox – Steps into the Leighton spot, and now we got Damone Clark and whoever, you know, whoever That's one that of the, other running back in. But I always have viewed Overshawn as, you know, the new curse, you know, because this is his last year of his contract, and I think the plan was to, ju- I think, yeah, no, that's, put him there. That's fine. I, I think if you're going to keep him at his present weight, which is 230, you know, if you're not going to bulk him up, that makes sense. But he's he's typically been – you know, in the box in his career does not mean he can't tra- transition because his frame is he's a good 6'3". Uh, we Demarion. got a few pieces on that defensive side, like Mike or whatever. They got that ver- De- Demarion, they, they got the uh, versatility. It, even uh, Curse, you know, can move down in some ways as a linebacker. Just enough pieces to be versatile they give you a lot of options, man, but with that, the roster and all of that. That what you talk about is is, is typically what, what they what I thought a lot of people thought and maybe true. Uh, for me, I, I initially before this year, I thought that guy was that you're talking about was Jabril Cox. Yeah, because he's played safety before. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he's he's a guy that can play in and out in both. I think you know it would sure be nice to see him have a year. Right, I'm rooting for him. I like Cox. I hope he. Yes, I hope he pans out because I like him. I think he's got something to him. Uh, I think he. I, I really hope he puts it together this year in the opportunities that he gets. Yeah. Speaking of really good defensive players, uh, did you see that Jerry announced that someone's going into the Ring of Honor? Uh, yes, and it's not. Uh, it is a player, and not a coach. Yeah, I I got all excited. I thought Jimmy was going. But Man, uh, come on. But uh, no, not while Jerry's breathing. <laughs> Probably nah. not while Steven's breathing I th- either. I think it was the the way he sang the national anthem at the Hall of Fame that just, you know what I mean, really got Jerry to be like, man, this guy needs to be in the. No, I'm happy for Demarcus though, man. That's uh, he's deserving. I think of it's well deserved. It's well. Deserved. It's just a matter of time, right? It's well, just yeah. a matter of time. He's going to be in the ring. Oh, yeah. we we knew it the day he retired. Twenty third yes. member of the uh, the esteemed Ring of Honor, elite. Yes. Uh, the last person to be inducted, I believe, was Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt. Gil We've Brandt. had the triplets. Yep. Uh, Tex, I think. Yep. You Tex know, I'm trying to think in Jerry's tenure. 
Yes. Um, Haley. Is Haley in there? Am so, I losing my mind? So under. Let's, really? let's go back. I don't think he's in there. I let's go back imagine. in Jerry's. He was under, only here for a short time. Ah, I feel so bad that I, I I should know this. In Jerry's tenure here, the following. I'll go in reverse order. Okay. So it's it's going to be our guy uh, Demarcus Ware, Gil Brandt. Before that was Darren Woodson in 2015. Woody. Larry Allen. Charles Haley went in in 2011. Three guys went in 2011. Okay. okay. Drew Pearson, Haley, and Larry Allen. Oh, wow. Emmett Smith, before that in 05. Mike Lurvin. Aikman went in 2005 as well. Rayfield, Cliff Harris, Tech Schramm went in 2003. Bob Hayes, Randy White, Tony Dorsett, and the first inductee under Jerry Jones was the great Tom Landry. Wow, that is an elite-level list. And the only name you you said on there that kind of stood out to me, stood apart, uh, and I love him, but one of those was not Darren Woodson. Is he what – what are y'all's thoughts on – I mean, you just named off some elite-level so players, dude. I believe he's the all-time leading tackle in the history of the franchise list. He's been passed since – uh, two years ago, I believe he still is, and I would say when I saw Leroy Butler make the Hall of Fame two years ago, I'm like, Darren Woodson, where are you? I mean, yeah. I believe Darren Woodson's one of those guys that go in at some point uh, soon because just the teams he played on, the defenses he played uh-huh. on, and that he was a huge part of that. Huge part. Uh, that was a lot of great safeties in his era, but I think he's as deserving as Leroy Butler. That's just me. Yeah, I think he's definitely deserving of the NFL Hall of Fame. Jerry likes to maintain that he keeps the ring of honor at a level even more elite than that. Um, and some of those, I mean, DeMarcus, I mean, these guys got like NFL all-time stats behind him. And uh, it's a position. But I love Woody. I'm and glad it, he's in. It's a position that really, you know, is not as impactful, but there's only two safeties in the ring of honor here. You already, you know, it's yeah. the one's yeah. Wilson, and you know and the other one's. When you got to Cliff Harris, I was right. like, okay, he is deserving, you know. Because yeah. he, to me, he was in the 90s. He was on the level of Cliff Harris in the 70s. But that just speaks to the, yeah, the elite level, the uh, exclusiveness of the club. It's not like the Denver Broncos up there in the Washington Redskins who the entire ring of the stadium is just littered with, you know, uh, Charles Mann or some shit like uh-huh. that, you know. So. The Brad Davis and the Mavericks, right. you know, there's none of that going on. Uh, let, let's take Jimmy off the table. We all know he deserves to be there. Hopefully oh, he will one day. I was just going to make a comment about oh, that. Oh, okay. I was yeah. just going to talk about how Jerry, uh, when they talked about uh, when Jimmy was getting put into the hall and they were asking him, well, are you going to put him in the ring now? And he was like, nah, you know. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to compete with his Hall of Fame year. I'm not going to let the old man in. Really? No, but Demarcus Ware just exactly. won the Hall of Fame this year. Exactly. Uh, that's why I think it was the anthem. And then his, his Jimmy excuse this the year was is that he wanted it to be a player. Right. So when after, it was the, that, after Gil Brandt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you had something to I say mean, about that. I am glad he put Gil in. Gil's a legend, man. I'm glad he got in there. I think Gil deserves to be in. I just think, but, you know, again, Jerry really talks to everybody out here who he thinks listens to him that we're all just dumb, that we don't see the bold-faced lies. Just be honest and say whether you do or don't want – I mean, it isn't going to – I. Actually, I take that back because <laughs> this is Jerry we're talking about, and this is a thing that as long as he drags it out, people will be talking about the Cowboys. Right, and this is something he can hold over oh. Jimmy. I think it's more that he holds it over Jimmy because not oh, yeah. a lot of people talk about it. 
It's not a big thing until until someone's name like Demarcus comes up. No one's really talking about it. But man, he does lord it over over Jimmy. Part of me's like he wants to wait till he wins a Super Bowl and then do it, so he can be like, "Hey, I won one without Jimmy." You did, but you don't want to do that right on the heels of he the Super Bowl. Did that though. Everybody knows that was Jimmy's th- third Super Bowl. Everybody oh, so knows. You wanna, you, basically, you're saying he wants to win a Super Bowl where Jimmy's fingers are not on anything. Yeah, and prove to, you know, and it's just taken this freaking 30 years to well. do it. I think what you both say is it actually aligns because anytime they're together, any event, that, that question is going to come up, right? That, that's going to, so when's he going to go in the ring of honor? And Jerry's going, <laughs> well, you know, we could talk about it, you uh-huh. know. Uh, yeah, sure, he's going to go in. He'll go in, you know, and Jerry's like, yeah, we'll let John Steven do it when he's uh, calling shots. Yeah. I just. Or Paxton. Or hey, whatever. today's right. world's crazy. Man, I just want Jimmy to get in while he's alive and can actually enjoy it and celebrate it. I don't need this to be something, you know, 15 years down the road. You know, I don't need that, man. You don't want him wheeling out on a rascal. Yeah, or uh, even not being here or, you know, his, his family, you know, coming to accept it on his behalf or something. I don't need this, man. Why are you waiting? But I was going to ask you, uh, aside from Jimmy, who would y'all think is the next player candidate to go in there? Oh. Um, I, I, Tony no. Romo's name has been thrown out there. Oh, I hope he does not God. go in there. I, I, I love it's Tony. Funny that you bring this up because I was going to say, is there anybody on the current roster that you think is a future uh, Ring of Honor? I think that may be your next player. I think, yeah, I was going to say that's yeah, for me. That, I think you that's have two your guys. Next. I think you have two guys right now that are your next two. Actually, for no, sure. I just thought of one. There are two. Witten. Oh, Witten, you're right. Witten's going in. Yeah, Witten's going in. Oh, yeah, Witten's going. He'll be the and next. He'll, go, but he'll, he'll be, be the, the next. next. Now, that's choice. Anything well, more you had on, on, on Jimmy? So, Jimmy thoughts? Jimmy Jerry thoughts? Because you are you have you have stuff on this, I know. No, I already said it. I don't okay. think it'll ever happen. I, uh, I think he'll just keep coming up with excuses. I think he'll drag it out. I think uh, I think you're right. As long as he's alive, I don't see it happening. But if it were to happen, it would be on Der- Jerry's deathbed when he puts himself in. And see, that would be so Jerry to put Jimmy in when he puts himself in. So it's not just Jimmy. Did y'all happen to see the story about the New York Police Department cop? No. Who pulled off something you would see in a movie. Oh, I'd love to hear about this. Two days after what happened to Eric Dupree on this Bronx block behind me, the circumstances that led up to his death still no easier to fathom for family members. Why you gotta kill him? Police say Bronx narcotics officers were doing an undercover drug bust on Wednesday when they say 30-year-old Eric Dupree was caught dealing and drove off on a gas-powered motorcycle on the sidewalk. Sergeant Eric Duran was down the block and is seen on video throwing a cooler at Dupree, who lost control, crashed, and hit his head on the ground killing him almost instantly. Duran has since been suspended as the incident is being investigated. Okay, so they were doing a drug bust down in the Bronx uh, in New York the other day. The and down. undercover, Up in the boogie down. Undercover, you know, police officers made a drug buy. Uh, guy sold him the drugs. Uh, in the process of putting the cuffs on him, he breaks free, jumps on a motorcycle, and takes off. Uh, in the midst of this, uh, while they're Kinda chasing for the criminal. him... Um, I think he made a U-turn, started to come back the other direction, and this cop who was chasing him uh, saw an opportunity, 
to take action without using a lethal weapon. So he saw a cooler, just like your cooler right over there. Uh, evidently had drinks and stuff in it, and he picked it up and he chunked it at the guy, hit him on his motorcycle, caused him to lose balance and wreck and go headfirst into a telephone pole or tree, I think, one of the two, and died. It's amazing. And now the cop is on unpaid administrative, yeah. administrative leave. I figured he was like, getting sued or something for this. Oh, they're talking about uh, him going to, yeah, something happening to him because of uh, him killing the guy. I mean, you said he used something like, oh, we don't need this. You know, we don't need police killing people. I, dude, I hit him with a cooler. Okay. I didn't shoot him. Do we have? Do you know if they have? Yes, footage? there is video of this. I would like if I'm on a damn motorcycle and you let a yeti take me out. Yes, you're the that's problem. Such a movie. Right. I mean, think about it. You know, here's the good guy cop yeah. chasing, and he maybe he's a martial arts expert, and he sees a cooler and he reaches down and grabs it and chunks it like a superhero it's like when and you, just pew. When you paid your eleven bucks <laughs> and this scene comes up in the movie, you're like, come on, come like, on, that'll never happen in real come life. On. Yeah, who and wrote it this? What I'm thinking. It did. It's crazy. But he killed the guy. It would have been great well, if he said. didn't you said kill he... him and was able to arrest him. That would have been awesome. You said he used non-lethal force, yet he used lethal force. I mean, it killed it the dude. It turned out to be a it's lethal. lethal, but it was. it's a non-lethal. It's not even a weapon. Well, I go back, and I'm old-fashioned, okay? Get off of my lawn, kids. <laughs> okay? But I go back and say, hey, look, if... You are running from the police and evading the police, and then you happen to get hit by a cooler. That's on you. That's on from you. the moment you escaped and fled. They already got the guy for selling drugs. Then he uh, uh, evaded arrest, so he is resisting arrest. It's not like the guy was riding his motorcycle down the street, and the cop just said, "Oh, here's a cooler. Let me hit this guy in a motorcycle." And in the process of running and driving the motorcycle, he endangered other pedestrians in the process. So that's, I'm oh, sure, is a charge that they could come up with yeah. for this guy. Those police chases are there very dangerous. There was going to be a dude. lot of charges had he not died. But hey, don't you reap what you sow. Yes, it is New York, though, uh, so we can see the classic case of oh. this guy being suspended, like you said, may never, may be work a desk job for the rest of life, and then the family comes in and settles with the NYPD. That's that's just seems part and parcel for this sort of. I shit. would not be surprised if they tried to charge the officer. If you were on a motorcycle, Ben, and you're like, I've just got a deal with a cooler with some cokes and Gatorade or beer, whatever's in there, probably beer. Um, do you think you're in good shape to get out of there? No. Okay. And the reason why is because when I was a young guy, 14, 15, I had a scooter. And those if somebody hit me with the cooler while I was driving that little scooter, it would have wobbled me. And if I was going fast enough, it could have been dangerous. I can tell you something that I can handle, and I'm going to do it. I can handle riding a bull for eight seconds. And here we go. I've, here we go. Ah, this sounds like a bet payoff. You've heard this, have you not? Oh, heard no, I've never go heard ahead, this. Yeah, I, I think I've I could never do heard it. this. I've got it's uh, impossible. The, some why, type the of why is my favorite. Impossible. Part. Go ahead. I got some type of kinfolk, okay? Who's, kinfolk. Who's into this rodeo? He's like national junior steer roping champion, okay? Okay. So I'm trying to find this dude's number because uh, I want to see if I can ride a bull and I think he can hook me up. And. In the process of this, I get in touch with my niece-in-law, and I'm telling her, 
I'm looking for his number, and this is why I'm looking for it. And she tells me, oh, well, you ought to just, you don't need his number. You need to just come on down to my church on Tuesday for Bibles and Bulls. Bibles and Bulls? Bibles Are and you bulls. riding real bulls? Yes. Benjamin, tell tell Aaron where this is. What town? Well, Is this up by protection? This is actually in a town. Imagine the most racist white name you can think of. <clears throat> and it's Jasper. Ask him <laughs> the why is my favorite part. Ask him what. Why do you want to ride a bull? Well, A, I think I can. Well, That's okay. it. Yeah. That's the only reason. No, part B is because I think I can, this little voice in my head says, man, you can ride a fucking bull. All right. And now I need to go ride a bull to shut this voice up in my head. So I have to go do it. This or else I'm going to say, I can't take in inside my own head hearing my voice say, man, you can ride a bull for eight seconds. Anybody okay, do that. Can I just ask one thing? Yeah. Can we get the heads up to come witness this? We're rolling. Put this on video. Y'all can ride. No, I don't want to ride. No, no, I just no, want no. a video. No, no, we're good. I just uh, want, to, that I want boy- a video of this yeah. so I can put it on YouTube. I, when, when and I, we'll get rich. Uh, this this actually sent me backwards because I was expecting to get in touch with this uh, high school national rodeo champion, and I thought this would take time to set up. Like no, he was going to have to be. About this can happen in, uh, in a week. It could happen. To, it could happen in two days, three days. Yeah, on Tuesdays. Yes. So Tuesdays. Jasper, Bibles and up. bulls. Yeah. Bibles and bulls. Bibles and bulls. Bibles and bulls. I got the Bible. We are we are definitely going to take a road trip. To Jasper, yeah, so that we can see this happen and video. This. I first need to pr- and procure we're some put boots. It out there for well, we can make that happen. Yeah, All right, I'm just gonna. I say mean, we just, we can call John and get you some. Boots. I'm give me some boots. Yeah. He's got the fancy. No, that'll be good. You All talk right. about. No, I want the real. You stuff. talk about this voice. I will say congratulations to this voice. That curl yeah. up. But this voice is going to get your hip broken. I think it will. I was I'm, I was asking him. I said, "Hey, man, do I need to worry about this? Because I'm a little older now." And I'm not uh, in great shape. And they're like, "Yeah, you do." Yes, you're gonna get. You're gonna. They're gonna make me wear something. some padded helmet. You're gonna break a bone. I, I'm afraid that I might. No, you probably yeah. will. And I'm also afraid that I'm okay, not gonna let, stay let, on for eight let's, seconds. Let's say this: when you say "ride a bull," yeah, it's a real bull. What does that mean? Yes, that I'm means I get on there. They're gonna wrap that rope around me. I'm gonna be wearing that glove. Yes. And they said, "Don't wrap it too tight, right? Because you don't want to be like swinging, no. and flailing." I was going to wrap it tight as fuck, so no, that you I stay be on able for eight to seconds. Go when it's time to go. Yeah, but but you don't want to just go go. No, so you got to get some tightness get on some, it. Yes. Yeah, and I need I need strong th- inner be thighs. Able to let go and it just to grip the bull. I have very weak inner thighs, and I, I so I'm very worried. <laughs> I, I I think what's going to happen, my city version riding the bull, it's going to be like driving down. I'm going to be in the passenger seat at forty miles an hour. And the door's going to fly open while I'm, like, leaning on it. And I just got a hold of the handle. And I'm just going to be, yeah, I'm just going to be flailing around. And can I do that in the city for eight seconds? Probably not. How long uh, do you think that it'll take for you to fly off? Uh, my goal, honestly, is three seconds. I was going to ask you, what's the threshold? Three what do you consider seconds. victory? Yeah. What do you consider That's successful That's why I said, what do you ride? consider three? riding a bull? With the way time is probably going to go so fucking slow... I'm thinking if a second and a half, I would actually count as a victory. But would, three is my goal. I would just say anything over four. I'm before you get in, before you get in the shoot. Just go make go make it a point to give a handshake and and glad hand the the, the rodeo clowns because they're gonna be yeah. what saves your. I'm gonna slide them some money. Right. I'm gonna slide them some money, man. I'm gonna take care of them. You my. should be nice to the bull. No, you, you want to. The bull is your enemy, He's man. Going you all in? G- yeah, no, yeah. Gotta no, no. be a baby Brahma. That's yes. All now, I, I will say, in my defense, okay, it's they have different level of bulls. 
And they don't have, like, the hardcore ones that they use the pro rodeo. I mean, they got kids who ride bulls. But they all are bulls that will buck. So. Oh, yeah. All bulls will buck. Yeah. You know why? Because they got their nuts cinched up in a vice. Okay. Ropes and shit. Okay. And that's what they're trying to do because their nuts are all cinched up. So if they're making them kick. If I'm going back to Looney Tunes and the Warner Brothers cartoons, the, what I hope for you is you don't get what they had in that cartoon, which was, his name was El Diablo. Don't get El Diablo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't get the, that guy. the red one that, like, fused. Right. Yeah, with the smoke coming out. Yeah. Oh. No, as it, as it approaches, that's why I said I thought this was going to be a long off event that would appease the voice in my head and never happen. But now this is a reality that's going to happen, and I'm very, very scared. Oh when, very you, scared. when you go to amusement parks, maybe you're small, maybe it didn't happen. For I'm you. scared, guys. We always see the guy that, you know, when they get on the roller coaster, the big one, you know, whatever. And like, yeah, I'm going, I'll try it, I'll try it. And they get up the first ramp, like, I want off. Is it in your mind possible when you're in that shoot and you're getting braced in, you're like, uh, fuck this, I made a bad choice? Yes. I think that I'm going to want off the minute I arrive there and I see the bull, and it's just going to, I'm going to be in some. Aaron, we're there and rolling all, all this oh, shit. Oh, we're yeah. rolling all this I'm going to be so petrified, dude. I'm just going to be. Up too. Yeah, I'm going to legit be shaky and scared and stuff. I'm not going to. Okay, gonna lie. let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be wise to go to a place and get on a mechanical bull? Hmm. To get a real good idea of how your fishing gets yeah. thrown oh, off run. before you say, okay, yeah, let's do this. Or uh, give you the opportunity that's a good idea. to be like, oh, what am I thinking? I brought that And up I just satisfied the voice in my head on a mechanical board. No, that won't satisfy it. But uh, I did bring that up. You know to what? It actually might make it worse if he successfully rode the mechanical bull. The voice would get louder. You're correct. Nothing good can happen from that. But my nephew, <laughs> he did say he would hook me up on a horse. Um, That's not the bull. No, no one that like it's not like broken all the way. No. That'll give me a little, little and that'll well, yeah, yeah, that's just not the same. Just to get me a little familiar, being on you, an animal. Bucking a bronco is not the same. Well, it's better than a mechanical bull. bull. You're a better man than me to risk life and limb just to satisfy the question. I, I think I can do it. I, I want to know if I can do it. I, I think this is great for the show. I know. We got to make this happen. So we should promote it. And, and anybody no who promotion. We don't need to. I'm, I'm going to be scared enough, dude. Feels like they want to jump in the car and take a little trip down to Jasper. Awesome. And catch right. some Bible and bulls and watch well, Ben. Get I need on a boots. Bowl. I need boots, and I think we I need to get, stretch a little we bit. We get a GoFund to get you some boots. I, 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 Once you as get long bought. as you're going through the same stuff that the rest of Bible and bulls participants. Yeah, go through, I guess that's fine. I would like to see you go a little further and go into the Jasper County Rodeo. Yeah, they have well, to it, do. If yes. if I'm successful, I might take it there. I also through this process ran into other kinfolk, okay, who was trying to steer me to some people they know up in Oklahoma who do bullfighting. But so I'm not ready for that yet. Kinfolk, Appalachian Ben over here. Is I it? think this has been an absolute amazing show. Another homework assignment. I think you will like it. And I was going to bring it today because this is the one thing I've had. It dropped on HBO or Max this week, uh, and it's called BS High. So BS High is an amazing story, one that he will love more than both of us. Okay. Because this is a straight-up con, con job by one man. Okay. Interesting. And so you've heard of IMG Academy. Yes. Okay, it's the ultimate uh, sports academy. Right. Okay, More they, they usually call these uh, sort of prep schools, you know. Right. Okay. This uh, 
I'm not going to keep in all this in. This is more to just give you homework. This won't make it, seriously. But it's BSI. Uh, what it is is it's about this guy who uh, essentially he goes to Ohio State. He actually uh, consults for see, Ohio State. He consults for an NFL team, the Jets. He consults for the Jets. But he's a lone, he's a lone wolf. And he decided he came up with a way to totally uh, bamboozle the state of Ohio to fund an operation where he could have a his own little academy. Okay. They went, he took a nothing, a school that didn't exist, an academy that didn't exist, found a way to find financing to recruit players, not great players, guys that really weren't going anywhere. Right. And got this, he created this, uh, it was one school, I can't, it was connected to a church that wasn't really connected, but he kind of affiliated. And later it became uh, Bishop Sycamore. And they found themselves on ESPN playing against IMG. They played oh, wow. a national schedule, Duncanville, you know, they, they trout. They, right. Anyway, this guy used ways to get uh, state funding to uh, get loans for students. Uh, had them staying. They didn't have their own facility. They stayed in, like, uh, these hotels, you know, like, uh, I don't know, uh, just jewelry and those type of, you know, those low-level types that, you know, it's chains. And he'd leave and not pay a bill. Damn. Uh, they didn't have training staff. Anyway, at the end of it, he's getting sued left and right. Uh, but at the end, he, he apparently he got himself high. he got himself a Netflix. Was it Netflix? Or, no, it was, it was HBO. He got himself a show. Uh, and he got himself, it's, I think it's two parts. But he got himself, no, it's one, one movie. He got himself a show. He got money on the backs of these players. And these players are ineligible to play anywhere else. Wow. Out of curiosity, was the football program ever any good? No. They were not. Interesting. <laughs> they were not. That's one he thing they weren't. play the game. But he got them on ESPN. Huh. He was like, this is the ultimate hustle. And he knows. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've gained the system. He's like, I'm going to do it again. But anyway. Yeah, I'll put it on my list. Well, I thought I'd throw a little retro in the background while we uh, stop the show. I'm sure you'll remember this song, Ben. Got yeah, played like quite 90s. a bit in the 90s. Yeah. No, but can I say something before we get out oh, of here? Of course. You know, I would just like to say thank you to all the people that listen to our show. Um, and just in a broader view, um, just a reminder to all of us, myself included is why I'm saying it, um, just to have a little gratitude. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world. And, you know, we've got some good blessings around us. So just remember to have a little gratitude and thankfulness, man. That's all I'm saying. Well, thanks for everybody who listens to our show. This is episode nine. Uh, Say it again. We hope more, you enjoy more, more confidence. it. Episode nine. That'll make the show. Why not, Jimmy? Why, why are we still waiting? Well, why? Uh, but there's no waiting as much as it is. Uh, 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 but uh, do you want me to say that I'm putting Michael Parsons in? I am. I, I'll say that it's like I'll put Michael Parsons in. Okay. Well, the point is, uh, the point is, is, uh, uh, and so uh, you, uh, would you agree with that?